Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, I want to welcome everyone here in Greenfield and to those who are joining us online. Hey, wherever you're at today, we are so glad that you are a part of us uh, today. We get to be together. My name is Tyler, and I get to serve as one of the pastors here. And growing up, uh, we often heard these statements that would begin with the phrase, well, you, you know what they say. And, you know, they, they, these would be kind of like followed by statements that were just seen as common knowledge. It makes almost like common sense, but when you start to peel back the layers behind it, you start wondering, hey, is that really true or not? And you aren't really sure, but because you heard them, you're like, okay, well, maybe maybe we should believe them. And, and we hear, heard all types of phrases like this, like, hey, you know what they say. If you cross your eyes, they're going to get stuck that way. So don't do that, you know, especially if it's your kid, you know, you, you know what they say. Don't swim for 30 minutes after you eat. And you don't know if that's cramping or digestion issues. You, you, you don't want to find out, you know, and so uh, you don't do it, you know. You know what they say? It takes seven years for gum to digest if you swallow it. And it's just going to wreak havoc on that digestive system. So just uh, don't do that. And then finally, you know what they say? The brewers will blow it by the end of the season. Now... <laughs> Like I said, we, it's not true. And, and if anyone's going to blow it, it's been my team, the Cubs. I mean, they blew it bad, bad this last year. So the Brewers are going to be just fine, I, I think. But here's what we know about the statements, you know what they say. I mean, we hear them again and again and again and again. And we don't know who they are, uh, but they sound like experts. And so when we hear it, we believe it. And when we believe it, we start acting like it's true. I mean, that's why we wait 30 minutes before we go and swim. That's why we spit out gum. And that's why we tell our kids, please don't cross your eyes uh, like, like that. And we act like that's true. And it's probably not that big of a deal for some statements like that, you know, to act like that. But we don't do it with just small statements. I mean, they, they being the supposed experts, say a lot of different things. And they say things about big things too, including God. And that's why we're kicking off this series, You Know What They Say, because they have these statements about God that can be passed around and almost seen as common knowledge, and we believe it as a result of it. Now, now here's where this gets problematic, because it can actually skew our view of God. When we hear these statements over and over and over again, and we start believing them to be true, and they might actually sound good at first, they might actually sound like, hey, that, that might actually be real, and that might be helpful, and we believe these statements, but then we start acting on them as well, and as a result, we find ourselves very frustrated because our view of God is skewed and it's not true. I mean, here, here are a couple examples of some of these statements we might hear. You know what they say. Well, you know what they say. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Or you know what they say. God helps those who help themselves. And both of these statements you don't find in scripture, but you might have heard they 
say it. And, and, and they might have said it in, 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 you know, like good nature, like they're trying to encourage and, and to be helpful. And, and they're trying to speak into a situation and say, hey, you know, you know what they say, you know, you, you can do this and you, it'll help you. But you look at these statements and they kind of fall flat for a little bit because they're not really that encouraging. They're not really all that helpful because it just isn't accurate. For example, God helps those who help themselves. You might be like, I've been helping myself for years. Where is God showing up in this? I don't know what's going on. And we find ourselves frustrated. That's because they have said it, but they may not have been right. And so here's what we're going to do throughout this series. We're going to look at a few common statements that they say about God. We're going to understand how they got there. And then we're going to replace it with the truth that we find about God actually in Scripture. And you might be wondering, well, why are we only looking at Scripture? Well, this is important to believe as Christians, as followers of Jesus, what we understand about Scripture is that it is the primary source of truth that God has given us uh, to follow and understand Him. In fact, we believe this about Scripture. It helps us not just learn about God, but it's also helpful to encourage us, to teach us, and to allow us to live a life where we can follow God um, every day. In fact, here's what Paul, who was one of the first Christian leaders, he led several churches, what he said about Scripture. He said, all Scripture is God-breathed, meaning God inspired those who wrote the Old Testament, those who wrote the New Testament. He inspired and led them to write this. It's God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, and the servant of God is anyone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus or a Christian. It is so helpful for you so that you may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, so that you can follow God and fulfill his vision for you to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. And that's why we're looking at the truth Uh, found in scripture. And so we're looking at several of those, hey, you you know what they say statements, and we're going to find the truth behind them. And and the first statement we're going to look at in this series is a very common statement. You you may have even heard this, or maybe have even said this with good intentions uh, recently. And here's that statement. You know what they say, God won't give you more than you can handle. And most of us have probably have heard this statement at one point or another, and someone may have said this to us with very good intentions, and they were trying to help us and encourage us, and it's this idea that whatever you might be dealing with and whatever you might be going through, God loves you so much, he's not going to give you more than you can handle, so you have inside of you this strength, this ability to muster up all the strength and to get through it and to plow through it, and you're going to be... Okay, and why? Because God won't give you more than you can handle. And chances are you've heard this statement because you were going through a tough time. And things were pretty hard during that time. In fact, my my bet is for you is that you might be going through a tough time right now. If you're not going through a tough time right now, chances are maybe you just came out of a tough time. Or the reality is, is you might be headed into a tough time soon. I mean, we all deal with tough circumstances. And it might be related to finances where there's all these financial pressures and the bills are mounting and we aren't sure what to do with it. Maybe it's relationally, maybe with our spouse or significant other, or maybe one of our kids, they're just out of control and we aren't sure what to do about it. I mean, it feels like it's more than we can handle with our kids. 
Maybe it's at work. Maybe your workplace is like many workplaces right now and you're finding yourself short-staffed. And as a result of that, the, the weight and the responsibility, it's just being added more and more and more onto you and it just feels like it's just too much. You aren't able to handle all of it. Maybe it's related to health. Maybe it's your health or maybe someone that you love, it's their health and, and you're taking care of them and it's just too much. It just feels like you, you can't get through it. Maybe, maybe it's related to your mental health. Maybe the anxiety is spiking up again and you aren't sure what to do about it. It feels overwhelming and you would look at this whole situation this whole time and you would just say, this is so overwhelming. This is so heavy. This is too much. It's more than I can handle and someone... Who, who, who just loves you or is just trying to be okay and encouraging, they come up to you and they do their best Bob Marley impression and they just tell you, hey, don't worry about a thing because every little thing is gonna be all right. Why? Because God won't give you more than you can handle. And you might hear them say this, and you might smile at them, you might even try to agree, but, but deep down inside, that doesn't help. That feels even, even worse. You may even feel more guilty about it because you're like, I thought I, you know, I'm not supposed to handle this or this is too much. It feels like I can't handle it. And so I'm not even able to muster up the strength that God you know, has given me or God hasn't gotten, through, hasn't gotten through this. God must not care about me because this just feels like it's way too much for me to handle. Why, why does it feel so overwhelming and we feel that even much more pressure? And we wonder, does God even care about us? Well, God does care. And there might be some problems behind that phrase. You know what they say. God won't give you more than you can handle. In fact, here's where we actually get that statement. It's found in a passage of scripture that's a really a very helpful passage. But I want you to notice uh, specifically what Paul is talking about in this passage in, in 1 Corinthians. Here's what he says. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Notice this. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. It's critical to understand what Paul is talking about in this passage here. He's talking about this idea of temptation. And temptation is all about sin. Now, to be clear, being tempted is not a sin. It's not a sin to be tempted, but the temptation can lure you to walk away from God, to go and do your own thing and, and follow your way rather than God's way, and it will lead you uh, to sin. And here's what Paul's promises. He says, God promises you this, that you will not be tempted beyond what you can handle. That God will always provide a way out of a temptation. It's an incredible promise, but it's about temptation. It's not about this idea of, of this overwhelming life situations. In fact, when we would say, God, God won't give you more than you can handle, we don't see that line up throughout Scripture. In fact, when we would read through Scripture, we will see time and time again of different individuals who are experiencing far more than what any one person could handle on their own. And, and we don't have enough time to go through the entire list of all these individuals, but I wanted to highlight just a few. Uh, one of the individuals that we see this happen to is a guy named Moses. And Moses was around several hundred years before Jesus. 
He was uh, um, actually going to be called to be a leader of the nation of Israel, which God had this unique relationship with Israel back then. Back then, the nation of Israel was actually slaves to the nation of Egypt. And Egypt was the most powerful country in the world back then. In fact, a pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, he was actually the most powerful person in the planet, one of the most powerful pe- people on the planet then. And Moses was called by God, and Moses is a shepherd, so he's like viewed as a very lowly guy um, in, in society back then. God calls Moses and tells Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and to tell him to let my people go, to lead the nation of Israel out of slavery. And Moses comes up with excuse after excuse after excuse to say, I can't do that. And the reason why, he knew that that responsibility was way over his head. He had more than he could handle for any one person. And then several hundred years after Moses, we read about a lady named Esther. And Esther becomes the queen of Persia, but she's also Jewish in the Persian Empire, and the Jewish people, they are actually facing this genocide. All of the Jewish people are going to be killed, and Esther is the only one who can actually do something about it. And so she is asked to risk her life and her position by going to the king uncalled for to save her people. It is far more than what any one person can actually handle, but, but Esther uh, deals with it. And then we also read about King David. And King David uh, um, was, was also around several hundred years before Jesus, one of the most famous kings of the nation of Israel. And, uh, and he's leading this nation. And uh, he actually had these uh, prayers between him and God. And uh, we actually have several of these prayers that that he had uh, recorded for us because he wrote them down. It's been preserved for us. And I want you to notice one of these prayers that he wrote. I mean, this is so encouraging. You're going to want to put this on your refrigerator. He says, I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. I mean... What is that? That's the words of someone who says, I am dealing with something that is far more than I can handle. It's overwhelmed. Even Jesus, when he was walking on earth, when he was God personified, he actually said this statement to his closest followers. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. And in that moment, Jesus felt like taking on our sin and having it nailed to the cross, I mean, it, it was far more than what just one person could handle. And so when we look at the phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle, we don't, don't really see that line up with what, what we read in Scripture. And if you're going through a tough time right now, if it feels overwhelming, and if you're like, oh, I, I can't handle this, that might sound even more discouraging. You're like, oh, what, 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 what's going on with this? What, what do I do with that? You know, just even more discouraged with that. But the good news I want to share is that we don't have to be discouraged by that. In fact, this actually sets us up to be really, really encouraged. Because what we also see throughout Scripture, time and time and time again, is that when things are far too much for any one person to handle, God shows up and moves in incredible ways. In fact, there's a couple reasons why we can be so encouraged by this. In these reasons, we see time and time again throughout Scripture, but we don't just see this in Scripture. I mean, we, we see this play out even today. If you've ever met someone, and if you saw their, their story, and you, you, you heard their story of faith, and if you were moved by their story of faith, like they're telling you your story, and, and they're, they're just telling you what's going on in their life, and you hear it, you lean in, and you're like, wow, 
I can't believe you went through that. I can't believe you did that. My bet is, is that there was a point in their lives where they said it was far too much for us to handle. In fact, if you're here today and if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian or if you're tuning in and you're just checking this out, I would think that these reasons uh, that we see um, are actually reasons why you may want to consider to become a Christian. And so why would God allow us to have more than we can handle? There's a couple reasons. First one is it teaches us to depend on his presence. Because when we're going through life and when things are going good, I mean, it's going good and we feel good, right? I mean, we, we go through life, we're cruising through things, we like it. And, and what's great is there, there might be times that we just might stop and we might just thank God and say, God, this is really good. I want it to keep saying good. Thank you for this. And we might even acknowledge that maybe it, it, it's God, you know, that, that's being good with us. But when things are going tough and they take a turn for the worse, we don't just kind of stop and kind of acknowledge God, you know, and his goodness for, for, for a little bit. We, we actually then realize like, oh, no, I really need to turn to God. And we realize that we will need to depend on his presence. And by his presence, I mean he, he is with us. And as Christians, we realize that God is with us at all times through his Holy Spirit. And when things are tough, those are the times that we really look to God and say, God, I need you. God, I need you to show up. God, I am completely dependent on you. And I, and I experienced this firsthand uh, back in 2020, uh, right before uh, the COVID pandemic and uh, Safer at Home. See, back in early 2020, I, I was loving what was going on at the Ridge back then. And specifically, I was loving what was going on with my role back then. I was serving as our family ministry director, which was actually uh, leading our kids and, and student teams uh, to serve our kids and students um, across all of our locations. And then I got to serve specifically at our Oak Creek location uh, with all the teams at Oak Creek. And, and I loved it. I thought things were going really well, really enjoyed it. And, and I thought like I, I was doing a good job. I was pretty confident in my ability and uh, there are times I'd say I'm dependent on God for these abilities. I'd stop and thank God for the good things that were going on. But it's also relying a lot on my experience and, uh, that I've gained throughout the years. And as much as I thought, hey, things were going really well, uh, I was loving everything that was going on. We all know March 2020 happened and COVID happened and Safer at Home happened and things had to shift a little bit. And, and every single one of us, we were going online for a little while. And up until that point, when it came to online, I knew we had a, we streamed our online services. I knew we had a great team of volunteers who were leading what the Ridge was doing online. And I thought, hey, this, that's great. But I was asked to actually uh, shift my leadership and to actually lead um, what we were doing strategically uh, for the Ridge online. And, and I didn't know exactly what we were doing. I didn't, ex didn't exactly know how it all worked. In fact, to be honest, I didn't know really anything about all of it. And so... I'm seeing this happen, and, and, and I'm looking at the fact that it's safer at home. Everybody is joining the Ridge Online. I see a huge weight and responsibility to make sure that we do it well. And I saw what this was what was going on inside of me. I went from, hey, I'm confident about my abilities, to now I have a lot of insecurities about what I'm doing. Hey, I feel really, really good about my experience and the things I've learned to I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm even wondering, am I the right guy for, for all of this? 
And, and so you move from that confidence to, oh, there's this huge weight of what are we going to do? And there are times I remember walking into that studio and even the technology wasn't working or the streams were gonna start staggering. And, and, and I didn't know how to fix that. I didn't know what we were doing. And, and we had team members asking me and there were moments I'd cry out to God and say, God, I need you. Uh, because this needs to work, and I have no idea how to make it work. I don't even know if I'm the right guy for this. I don't know who's on the other side of the screen, who's on the other side of the camera. I don't even know if this is connecting with them. God, I'm so full of insecurities. God, I am completely dependent on you. And to be honest, it's in those moments where I was crying out to God, that was when I would feel his calming peace and presence more, like, it's going to be okay. I'm with you. I'm with you through this. In fact, uh, a year later, I'm, I'm getting asked by a lot of individuals who had to shift from being in person to online, and they're asking me what I've learned. And I'll, I'll share some practical tips with them, but I'd say, you know, one of the number one things I've learned is that you are completely dependent on God for things to work, and you aren't sure how it's working, but you just trust God, and you just trust that he is working. And I think one of the things uh, that why we are allowed to experience more than we can handle is because God wants to teach us to depend completely on him. And there's a story uh, found uh, in the Old Testament about a man named Joshua. And Joshua was the leader of the nation of Israel right after Moses. And Joshua's job as a young man was to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land, a land that they knew nothing about. And I loved what God's promise to Joshua was. Check this out. He said, the Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So don't be afraid, and do not be discouraged. And it's easy when it feels like it's more than we can handle to be discouraged and afraid, and we're unsure how it's going to turn out. But in those moments of fear, in those moments of anxiety, in those moments of, I don't know what to do, those are the invitations to just depend on God. And why it can be more than we can handle is because God wants us to learn to depend on his presence because he is right here with us. And when we depend on his presence, we can then experience the second reason why God may allow us to experience more than we can handle. And that is, we may have more than what we can handle so that we can experience his power. Not your power, Not my power, but his power. See, when we look at the phrase, well, you know what they say, God will give you more, God won't give you more than you can handle, the focus is on you and your ability and your strength and your uh, abilities to get through it. In fact, when we get through it all on our strength, it, it tends to puff up our pride. And what we realize is that when we have more than what we can handle, it teaches us and it reminds us that we were created to be dependent completely on God. This isn't about our strength. It's about God's strength. If we were to go back to Paul and to look at at his story, when Paul was a leader of all of these churches, he experienced far more than what any one person could handle. In fact, he, he was not only dealing with the pressure of leading these churches, he was also arrested, beaten, thrown in jail. He had a shipwreck. I mean, he was dealing with all of it, and he wrote about it uh, to the, the church in Corinth again, and here, here's what he told them. He said, hey, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. These are who he's writing to. He's like, I want you to know about the troubles that we experienced in the province of Asia because we were under great pressure 
far beyond our ability to endure. I mean, isn't it interesting? He's saying this, we had way more than we could handle so that we actually despaired of life itself. I mean, they're completely overwhelmed. He said, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened, we got more than we could handle. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but rather look at who they're relying on. They're relying on God who raises the dead. Talk about a great power right there. And Paul says, we had more than we could handle so that we wouldn't rely on our strength, but rather we are relying on God's strength. I think of it like this. The other day, I was invited to uh, help a, a friend move, and they had these large appliances, this big refrigerator and the big washing machine. I got there, I saw the big appliances, and I looked down, and these are not that big. I realized, I, I, this is more than I can handle. What are we going to do to move this thing? And he showed up, and he's much smarter than me. He showed up with these appliance straps. And so he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap these straps around our waist, and we're going to put the straps underneath the appliance, and we're able to go ahead and just pick it up and move it around just like it was nothing. And, and, and we did that, and we're like, wow, you know, that was so much easier than if we were going to try to use these to move the refrigerator around. I want you to keep that image in mind as Paul continues to talk about uh, experiencing God's power. He says, therefore, I'm going to brag about all the more gladly about my weaknesses, the ability that, that I don't have, so that Christ's power may rest on me. He says, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecutions. I delight in difficulties. I am delighting in the fact that this is far more than I can handle. Because when I am weak, when it's too much for me, then I am strong. And it's not because of his strength it's because of Christ's strength. Going back to the refrigerator straps, it's not because I got strong all of a sudden, my friend got strong, but it was because of those straps that we used to, to move the, the appliances around. It says it's not about our strength and our abilities, but it's about Christ's strength. Christ's strength is that strap. I mean, that's what enables us to get through this. And so when we realize this, we can experience God's power working through us. In fact, I, I was given a book the other day, and I was reading this from uh, author and pastor Jimmy Dodd, and I just love these sentences, which I think just perfectly just kind of describe uh, what Paul is talking about. And, and here's what he said. He said, it's in my weakness that I will remain mindful of who he is and who I am. And it's going to keep me from believing this, that I did something with God's help. It's not my strength, but re reality he did something while allowing me to help. It's experiencing God moving. And going back to, to me uh, serving um, with, the, with the Ridge Online, and there are times I, I just like, I have no idea what, what we're doing. I don't know uh, the things that I feel like I should know. And I'm wondering, God, is this even working? And when I cried out to him and I said, God, I need you, and I felt his presence, over time, I'd start getting these messages, and I'd get these text messages, and, and I would just hear these different stories, and there are some different stories from individuals that would say, hey, you know, we can't, haven't been able to come to the building for months and even years now because of different, you know, things related to health or moving away, and we feel like God has used the Ridge Online to help us stay connected to this church. It's so good. We heard from one individual that said, uh, I wasn't a Christian 
and I, I didn't want to be a Christian, but I was secretly watching the Ridge Online. I love that word secretly. I, I was secretly loving watching the, the Ridge Online for months, and now I want to follow Jesus and I want to be a Christian. Uh, we heard from another person that said, I got home from work and I was depressed and I didn't know what to do and it was a hard day at work and because of that, um, I got home, I, I needed some help and I clicked on YouTube and there was a service there and it was exactly what I needed. And when I hear stories like that again and again and again, uh, what I'm reminded of is I didn't do anything about this. In fact, we have a great team that serves and, and they serve faithfully and they're awesome, but it wasn't them that did that. It was all God. And every time that we hear story and story and story after like that, that is us experiencing Christ's power. And we just get the privilege to be a part of that. And so if you're going through a hard time right now, whether it's financially, professionally, medically, relationally, whatever it may be, I wanna encourage you that perhaps this is an invitation from God to you to say, hey, Come, depend on my presence, depend on me, depend on my presence and experience my power. And it can be one of those moments where you say, wow, look at how God is moving. In fact, I wanna encourage you uh, with what uh, Pastor Francis Chan uh, says. He, he wrote this, he said, God doesn't call us to be comfortable, meaning, hey, that we can just go ahead and handle whatever life is thrown our way. I mean, God doesn't call us to do that. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. That if God doesn't show up and show off his strength, we'll be like, oh no, what's going on? But we're gonna trust him and we're gonna depend on his presence and we're gonna experience his power anyways because that's what he invites us to do when it feels like it's far more than what we can handle. And so here's what I want to invite all of us to do. Those of us who are in Greenfield, those of us who are joining online, wherever you may be at, I want to give us an opportunity where we would do just that, where we would say, God, I'm going to depend on you right now. It feels like it's far more than I can handle, whatever that may be, but God, I'm going to give that over to you. So I'd invite all of us, wherever we are, to actually just take our hands and open them up and put them in front of us right now. And I want you to imagine wherever you are that, that, in your hands is whatever it feels like, that, that it's just too much for you to handle. Whatever that thing might be, it might be professionally at work, that relationship, whatever's causing that anxiety, just imagine it's in your hand right now and, it, and it's just been too much for you to handle. And right now, we're just gonna take some time, we're gonna pray together and during this prayer, I want you to imagine that you are just handing this over to God and saying, God, we are depending on you. And so would you just pray with me? is God, we've been trying to handle this too much. And God, forgive us for the times when we just realize like, oh, okay, I can handle this. I can handle this because you wouldn't give us more than we can handle. And God, we realize we've been going at this with our own strength, our own abilities, our own emotions. And God, it just hasn't worked. And God, we realize that your invitation for us is different than that. You've invited us to depend on you. And so God, right now, we give this over to you. God, we are depending on you right now. We're depending on your presence. And God, we realize that wherever we are, you are here. You are here right here with us. 
and you're telling us to hand it over, hand it over, hand it over. Because it's too much for us to handle, but it is not too much for you to handle. And so God, we depend on you. And God, we just hope and we ask, and we, we, we just ask, God, that you would just move powerfully, God, that we would experience your power, that we would see you move. And God, we don't know how you're gonna move. We don't know what you're exactly gonna do with this, uh, but God, we trust that you know that you're gonna do the best thing with this that you know possible. And God, that at some point, some point in the future, we would look back on this and we would say, wow, God moved. And it wasn't anything I did, it wasn't anything I said, it was everything that you did, God. And so, God, we give this to you. We depend on you. And we want to experience and watch you move. God, we know that you did that thousands of years ago when you gave us your son, Jesus, when he gave his life for us so that we can receive this new life. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.